Mike Marler's got a new deal, plus updates on Aaron Reitzel and Timez, and why car owners don't really owe anyone a damn thing. Let's go. It's Wednesday, November 1st. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. Every day this week, we've talked about teams and drivers making changes around dirt racing, and today will be no different because that's just what we do now, and it's obviously that time of year. I've got a few updates on situations we've already discussed this week, plus some newly announced moves. We'll start first with the late model news that dropped yesterday in a not shocking announcement. Skyline Motorsports announced their new partnership with driver Mike Marler. In recent days, uh, Marler left longtime car owner Ronnie Delk, and beginning this week at World Finals and into 2024, Marler will team up with the Brunings and Skyline. It's been floating around for several weeks at this point, and we were really just kind of waiting on the announcement to become official. This means the end, though, of the partnership for Shane Clanton and Capital Race Cars with Skyline. Clanton will finish out the season, though, at World Finals in that 25. According to Dirt on Dirt, Marler will keep his now red 157 Longhorns at his own shop in Tennessee, while the Brunings equipment will continue to be housed in Iowa. Does that mean we can't call it the Blue Horn anymore? Are we calling it the Red Horn now? Somebody let me know. Uh, Bruning had switched to Longhorn chassis from Capitals over the summer already, and rumors had been floating around for a while about the future of the Capital uh, race car's Skyline deal. Bruning didn't run a national tour full-time this season, while Clanton went the distance with the Outlaws. He'll end the season, though, down in 10th in the standings, just 15 top 10s in 34 races. No word yet on future plans for Clanton or what Skyline schedule could look like for next season. As for some of the situations we've already talked about over the last couple of days, we've documented Corey Eliasson's situation this week going from the Crouch 11 to the Ridge and Sons 8 car. And I mentioned yesterday that I'd heard that current Ridge driver Aaron Reitzel wants to travel less next season. And it would appear as though Ridge is getting ready to split their operation, running both a larger national schedule with one team and driver, and then something more regional with Reitzel. The organization shared on social media yesterday that driver Austin Miller, who has run a 360 for Ridge, will climb out of the seat and focus on running a new team for Reitzel next year. And that's very much in line with what I've heard. And uh, the team has made some changes on the business side as well to help with funding and sponsorship as they look to expand. A.A. Ron had 13 total wins this season, including six in 410 competition and seven with the 360. His 410 victories came at Knoxville during weekly action, and he won an IRA show at 34 Raceway. He had an all-star victory at Lake Ozark and a Power Eye 410 win at Lee County. Would not be surprised to see Wrights will really hang around the Midwest and mostly Knoxville in 2024. The departure of Thomas Meserol from RMS Racing has also created quite a lot of social media buzz in the last day or so since that announcement. Not all of it's very good either, but never fear Team S fans, he's going to be just fine here. If you watch his YouTube channel with any regularity, you know they've been building a new midget for the last few weeks, and the plan is to head west with that car now that it's complete. The car is powered by that Ingler Ford that they've been developing this season, and the frame was built by John Farrell of Farrell Frameworks. And they're calling this one the MF1, uh, and they did shake it down over the weekend. Farrell, big in the sprint car world, uh, micro sprint world, if you're not aware, uh, usually has a big presence at the Tulsa shootout. Those final seven USAC nights will give Timez and Angler and Farrell the chance to work out any more bugs before they head to the Chili Bowl in January. And witnessing all of these changes in recent weeks and seeing some of the reaction to the Timez deal, I think it's important to remember one key thing here. These team owners don't really owe anyone anything, especially the ones who are footing the bills for these deals completely. And that includes an explanation for their decision making. 
It'd be great if owners were willing to share their thought processes with us publicly, but under no circumstances are they obligated to do that. And I know some don't like the mutual parting of ways PR explanations we often get, but that's just code for, hey, this wasn't working, so it's time to make a change. It was just about a month ago where I did a daily show talking about the lack of actual contracts in dirt racing and how most of these deals are really just based on a handshake. When that's the case, it's not going to be hard to move on from a driver if the owner decides it's time. And you know, like we talked about on that daily show, sometimes the way the wind blows causes a guy to want to make a change. And you know what? That's totally fine with me. We all know those owners that seem to go through drivers like water. And while it sucks for guys to lose a deal so easily and maybe not a great way to build a cohesive, consistent team, it's really those team owners' choice. And it's similar to the Brandon Overton situation during the Lucas Chase cutoff. Their switch out of nowhere to a Team Zero car seemed completely inexplicable, and it was a decision that I would not have made if I was running that team. And I really said as much on the episode where we talked about that. But Wells Motorsports doesn't need to come out and explain why they did it. They're free to run their team as they see fit. And we can certainly talk about it and Monday morning quarterback them if we want, but they're the ones writing the checks and putting the team out there. I think that's important to remember in all of this. Uh, Back to the Chili Bowl, we're still about two and a half months away from uh, Midgets Indoors in Tulsa. But the first ride announcements are already starting to come out. Power Eye Micro Champion Kale Drake will make his Tulsa debut with Keith Coons Motorsports in January. The team will also field a car for Drake at Turkey Night at Ventura to get him some laps in advance of indoor season. Also, Trifecta Motorsports, which fielded the 7U midget all season. Uh, they started with Kyle Jones, ended the season with Zach Dom. They're going to bring three cars to the Chili Bowl. Chase McDermott will drive the 7U. NASCAR driver Carson Hosevar will be in the 77U. And California racer Michael Ficino will drive the 5U. There'll certainly be plenty more Chili Bowl announcements in the coming weeks, especially since the entry process is now officially open as of today. The entry form can be found over at ChiliBowl.com. We won't actually see an entry list from the Chili Bowl officially, though, until we get much closer to the event. Uh, At Cherokee Speedway last night, the track hosted their prelude to the finals event with super late models and 410 sprint cars. Not a huge field, just 12 late models and 17 sprint cars, but there was some quality there in the pit area. I thought the late model field uh, would have been a bit bigger, uh, you know, especially with Cherokee posting late model racing pretty regularly. But it seems pretty clear that teams were saving equipment for Charlotte. This event doesn't seem like a terrible idea for Cherokee, you know, having so many cars, you know, you know, going to be racing at Charlotte for World Finals, but maybe a bit of a tough sell to do it the night before Charlotte starts. Dalton Wilson won the late model feature over Donald McIntosh and Drake Troutman while Jonathan Davenport was there, but did not start the main event. I did not see a reason why he didn't start, though. Tyler Courtney picked up the sprint car win over Zane DeVault and Hunter Schoenberg after early leader Anthony Macri had an engine go south. Tim Essenson had a nasty crash with Cap Henry and actually ended up leaving the ballpark down the backstretch. He was okay, but the car was absolutely not. A lot of these teams will be at Charlotte starting today for World Finals. And like we've been talking about this week, World Finals, no racing tonight, just qualifying to start setting things up for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, looking around the other dirt racing podcasts this week, Winged Nation has Kyle Reinhardt and Sammy Swindell. Passing Points has Jade Abadissian. Hoagie's Garage has Shane Carson. And there are new episodes of The Dirt Reporters from Dirt on Dirt, The Dirt Nerds, Dirt Tracks and Rib Racks, Dirt Track Confessions, Dirt Track Weekly, and The Turn to Terribles. To see all of these shows and episodes, head over to dirttracker.com slash podcasts. Uh, That's it for the daily today. Make sure to stop by dirttracker.com. You can find the streaming schedule there. You can find all sorts of recent news items and all other, a ton of other great content there. So check that out today if you uh, haven't already. I hope you guys have a great Wednesday out there. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Tomorrow.